Hey everybody, welcome to the easiest way to learn the tarot ever. I am Dusty White, your host of Easy Tarot Lessons. I've got Becky with me today, and we're going to jump right into this. Um, Becky was uh, concerned about court cards, and uh, as much as she has made significant progress and done amazing things with her cards, these court cards are, uh, they're a problem for a lot of people. And, uh, well, Becky, let's just get into it. Um, tell me, tell me what's going on. Right. Um, I mean, as if people have li listened to previous podcasts um, we've done, they may know a little bit about my journey, which is basically when I started studying with you a couple of years ago, I was unlearning an awful lot of bad habits that I'd picked up. Um, and obviously me now is completely different to me 10 years ago, but I still have a complete mental block about the pages and because I have this mental block it's that sort of split second break in the flow when I'm doing a reading because it's almost kind of please don't be a page please don't be a page please don't be a page um just and because I've built it up so much in my head it's this mental hurdle to break down um and then with the court cards in general although I know that they're not intellectually I know they can mean more than actual physical people but I tend to find them very hard to read intuitively and I just need some help because I'm going round and round in circles at the moment and I'm just boxing myself into a corner I get it and that's a good point because oh, I've been doing this for four decades now um studying and, and learning and toying around with the um, tarot cards and then actually doing them, not teaching. I started teaching at 11. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so I understand firsthand exactly what you mean. And one of the biggest problems of all with the tarot is the moment that damn yappy dog, that's why with the fool analogy, it's it's her conscious mind gets up and goes oh this makes no sense well you know how mm -hmm. do you get by that oh look a squirrel um and it it breaks us from our flow excuse me sorry it breaks us from our flow and it saps away our intuitive it's like earlier today i was thinking hmm want to do a podcast we should do a podcast about the court cards and uh, so I spent an hour just sitting there thinking what's not been said and how can I really reach into people's minds and um, had a uh, had I like to think a, a, a good a good flow going and the parrot just started screaming um, you know Robbie you guess for attention and just to scream for no reason I'll, at least an asshole bird. It's, it's, I mean, of all the parrots in the world, this one is definitely a huge jerk. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's ever met him says, yeah. But be that as it may, um, I was able to ignore it for a moment or two. And then finally, I just, uh, I was more focused on his screaming than I was on what I was doing. And like a light switch the muse that I was interpreting just 
vanished in the air and refused to come back. And it was very frustrating because I, I got out, I took a walk, I, um, you know, I looked at a whole bunch of really, really tall trees and a, and a, a stream in my backyard. I was like, oh, I'm going to get this. And nothing. And I just felt like, um, like, literally, I, I, um, if you, if any, uh, anybody who's listening, or, or Becky, you know, if you've ever been in a creative moment and it just leaves you and you're standing there naked in front of, like, the audience going, I forgot what, I'm here to speak. Mm. On, you know, it's, so that was just an example of exactly what it feels like. And then I think it's the same exact thing in, more than just what it feels like when you're in a reading and you know please don't be painful please don't be painful yeah or you're going along and then some card comes up and just smacks you in the face and it's like sharks tasting blood in the water your conscious mind immediately runs in to save save the day like some kind of hero and it starts making up all of these logical things that have nothing to do with the reading or what's going on. And and now you might as well just be a monkey at a typewriter, you know, banging out letters like or, or random things because you know in a reading it's not antithetical to logic. It's just, it's not a logical process. It's not a, um, a reading is not something a computer can do and say, well, these particular cards came out in math macula and uh, Kabbalistic and numerological formula says blah, 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 and all of a sudden it's right. Otherwise, we'd all be running to computers for, uh, for readings. We do that all the time. Again, bottom line is if something works, believe me, people will do it and other people will find a way to make money at it. Um, so this mathematical formula system that people worship and subscribe to and try to write books about hasn't worked it's not working uh, and it won't work so we have to rely on our intuition and that's scary because we've got to open our mouth and just say things now we can't just be completely intuitive it's like oh whatever i say is like golden drops of honey we actually have to study. We have to learn what the cards mean. We have to learn how to tap into our intuition. I mean, it's no different than being a doctor, mechanic, lawyer, accountant. It, it takes skill that uh, we have to learn. Now, you've developed a lot of skill, um, but there's still there are moments, for example, with these, uh, with these pages. Now, rather than go into, like, well, this card means this and this card means that, I want to talk a little bit about something that may help all of us really understand. Now, I love the dichotomy. I'm from, um, I'm from the United States, where we value freedom and freedom fries and freedom toast and a whole bunch of, you know, Republican propaganda that says, you know, screw you. <laughs> and you're from that other place where you have, like, kings and queens and and unicorns and butterflies <laughs> and um it is stuff that you know americans just totally don't understand um now i, I want to ask you just i know you don't represent the entirety of your great british empire but just personally speaking um the fact that um well you know britain has pretty much been a monarchy for a good length of time when you first or or maybe now um see court cards do they at all affect you in a political way 
does that resonate because you know it says king and it says queen do you automatically think authority figure or is it just so commonplace that it's just just man woman boy child doesn't okay um typical gemini answer both i think i mean i'm a complete history geek and my favorite (laughs) period of history is kind of the tudor times anyway where it was kings and queens and knights and pages so the history side of me jumps to the king being the supreme ruler, the queen being his consort, you know, the knights kind of went out and did their work but answered to the king and the pages were kind of running around court. So I've got that side and then I've got my 21st century head on, man, woman, teenager, child. So it flips between the two. If if one side was going to win beyond another it's probably the historical side slightly. Like, I wouldn't necessarily see the kings and queens as equals. I'd see the king as slightly above the queen. Um, Just because, with the exception of Elizabeth I, that's the way it, you know, the queen was the king's consort. She wasn't an equal to him. Right, right. And it's funny, you bring up a number of interesting things, and let's see how many I can get to before I completely forget uh, you mentioned pages running around the courts, and uh, that made me think, okay, well, back here in America, uh, we we don't really have a concept of royalty. Well, you know, with the new celebrity royalty coming up, the new generation, of course, will know their place and know how to bow down and, and genuflect to people who have, like, ridiculous amounts of money in reality TV shows and whatnot. But uh, the rest of us, back in my day... Mm-hmm. Um, Page, page boy, bellhop, cigarette girl. Not that I've ever seen a cigarette girl, but the, you know, I've seen old movie posters. And what the hell is that? So, uh, a little girl walking around with, sells you cigarettes. <laughs> and it seems bizarre now, but you know, I guess maybe however many years ago or how many generations, like, yeah, that's the way it's done. And it was the same thing with the uh, pages. Like I like I just love the way it rolled off your lips. Yeah, pages ran around courts. I was like, yeah, that's not something we ever learned in school. <laughs> we learned <laughs> three R's. So, um, the point being is that uh, these these cards represent a time to us that never existed. Which, uh, again, I say us, meaning people who have not had that history. I'm sure we can read it in books, but it's, um, um, America really is a non-traditional society. And so it's it's, it's like reading Harry Potter. It's like, well, hey, that's interesting. Okay, I'm going to put this over here and I'm going to go watch Star Wars or some, you know, some other thing that has no basis in reality, but just makes me feel good. So then we have to translate these court cards with kings and queens and dragons and, and pages and, and uh, again, fairies and unicorns into some semblance of reality. You know, my boss uh, hates me. I'm going to get a job. Um, I'm going to go get a car wash next week because the page of cups says so. Um, it seems so far-fetched until we are actually in the zone and that muse is just feeding us information and when the muse is not feeding us information we're staring at these cards going 
I might as well be reading a crappy comic book. I mean, what's going on here? So I like that. And the other thing you mentioned about the um, the king and the queen. I don't speak for anybody at this particular point, of course, but for myself. But I like to think that anybody who's ever played cards, uh, specifically in America, where we have just a 52-card pack and maybe a joker or not, um, poker, go fish, gin, rummy. Well, maybe not go fish, <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. e either poker or any of the rummy games. Um, and um, um, I, th I think like spades and hearts, you know, most the most common games i would think uh that uh i would bridge you there i've covered everything i think um it goes ace king queen jack so again there's that there's that hierarchy that you mentioned yeah um and so when we approach the tarot we all take the baggage of our emotional and psychological um paradigms of our view of the world with us we go, hmm, must mean this because this is what I believe in. This is what I know, and I've been around for a while. It's you know human nature. So core cards are specifically onerous. Okay, so what you were saying there makes perfect sense because I hadn't actually, although I know it's there, and I know kind of our experiences and our upbringing and our education and everything else kind of shapes our view of the world. But one of the things that you've just said there that I hadn't actually taken into account, and I'm glad you asked me, was how I actually looked at them. And I hadn't thought that because royalty is second nature to me, I can take a train and in 20 minutes I'm stood outside Buckingham Palace looking at where the Queen lives sometimes. You know, it's not, um, it's not a novel, it's not a novel idea for me. So in some respects, getting my head around the court cards I think I've got a slight advantage because I know the court set up from old even if it's not that traditional now but then I worry because I've got that concept how I can then sort of break this down to 21st century because I do jump very old with it all it feels very old you know it's it's times of yore you know with kings and queens and a bit like with you saying um, you know, bringing it into everyday situations now. I know these are old cards and I know how to do that, but it's a bit like stopping the yappy dog barking and taking me out of King Henry VIII time and bringing me forward into the 21st, 21st century. I mean, if you had some ideas, and I know all your techniques and I know all the exercises, is there anything in particular you would suggest when someone hits a mental block either with a particular set of cards or a particular card itself absolutely um one thing that struck me this morning when i was thinking about what we uh, were going to talk about for a podcast lesson today um i was reminded how almost it's a very rare student that ever has a problem with the pip cards and i mean specifically two through ten cards that are illustrated such as what pamela coleman smith and, and arthur wade did um these de these images that the writer well w w technically william Ryder and son 
but that uh, writer put out. It's scenes of people doing something. Like, well, what's going on? And, oh, here's a guy with a hammer, and he seems to be banging out some coins. Okay, well, we can deduce from that he's at work. And then we can deduce the fact that, unlike other cards, um, he's all by himself and seems to have a faint smile on his face uh, versus that other guy who's got a rake and he's just kind of leaning on it. We don't know if he's going, man, <laughs> gold coins, you know, money doesn't go on trees. This just can't work. Or if he's going, oh, man, what am I going to, what am I going to do with this? Or maybe he's going, uh, maybe he's pausing and reflecting. I mean, I like the ambiguity of the cards because it allows us to shape the meaning of the card to fit the answer that allows our intuition to come in and say, in this particular case, this card means this. That's that's the tarot at its best. Then we run into the aces and the court cards and the trumps. Um, and not only do we have the, these horrible terms like major secrets, major Egyptian hieroglyphic lessons, you know, major arcana. Thank you, Paul Christian, you jerk. And minor <laughs> arcana. And, and, and everything we know is based on a lie. And then we've just perpetuated it and we've said, well, you know, let's, let's call them the major and minor arcana. And I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I, I call them that. But in class, I specifically try to tell people not to get not to get too uh, bam, 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 bamboozled by the uh, bamboozled, bamboozled. I, I don't remember it's such an old word. I don't remember if it begins with a B or a V. But nonetheless, I don't want them to get too uh, bushwhacked by the, yeah, it begins with a B, mm -hmm. by the, uh, you know, the terms, major, minor, um, aces, court cards, because it, it, like like the whole monarchy thing, it puts you in its place. It's like, you are a peasant, you are a, a working class business owner, and you are nobility. You know, it's like all of a sudden, and no offense to Mick Jagger, I think he's a great, uh, a great singer, but he's a gutter punk singer early on, kind of the anti Beatles. Then he's the world's greatest rock band. Now he is Sir Mick Jagger. It's like mm -hmm. he's the same person, maybe a little older, but. At some point, he's looked down upon by the middle class, and now he's the upper class royalty, or I, I, I don't know, technically, sir. But again, see, that's that's where the, you know, this isn't part of our culture, you know, over here. So it's a real distraction. And again, it goes back to taking us out of our flow. Whereas um, the the numbered suits, I like to say, because they're real simple, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, or ace, two, these have pictures of people doing something and people, uh, my students can grasp that. That's why we have a study deck. That's why I say, take out the trump cards. And if you have to, take out the court cards and the aces and start doing the exercise just with the numbers 2 through 10. So you can get a feel of what it feels like to win and, and how the process works. And then we can add the more art arcane cards mm. so back to this with these uh, uh, well the trump cards it's almost like they're all posing for their senior portraits it's like, um, 
senior high school portraits. I call them senior portraits over here. Uh, but your high school photographs. You know, I'm sitting here posing. And I'm standing here looking regal or noble. Or, or, and again, I'm staring off into space because I'm the hermit or I'm the emperor, so I'm staring you down. Or I'm the hierophant, so I'm staring you down. Or, you know, and it's the same thing, or I'm death, so I'm like on a mission to, to destroy everything. It it's um, it creates an interesting set of themes, but that acts like a psychological barrier. And then the court cards, I would say, are even worse because with the numbered suits, all we have is a number. We have a number, we have a picture. It's up for us to figure out what's going on in the picture. Um, with the trump cards, or the so-called major arcana, we don't have numbers. They're there, but we have labels. Every every card has a number. Um, even the uh, the uh, court cards have a um, a number assigned to them. Um, uh, there's a word for it again. It, it, it escapes me. So rather than try to search for it, I'm going to move on. The most important aspect of the trump cards is that fucking label at the bottom. The magician, the emperor, the lovers. Um, we look first at the name, and then we look at the image. Whereas with the numbered cards, all we do is look at the image. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it. I love. This is why I love doing these podcasts. I'm looking at cards that I would have said I know backwards, and I suddenly see something different that I wouldn't have before. And you're right because even as we're talking. I've laid out the court cards and the bit that I'm focusing on is page of swords, page of wands, page of pentacles, page of cups. I'm not actually looking at. And see, that's exactly what I was about to get into is that, and I'm so glad you brought that up because we have the numbered cards. We are forced psychologically to look at the image and go, well, what the hell is going on here? Um, three of cups. Well, we got a couple of girls dancing. Hey, dancing girls. Okay, or they're celebrating. Hey, celebrating. Or friends. I, I, I mean, all of that just flows out. It's like, yeah, yeah, I get that. And then we look at the Trump card, and I don't know. I got the the emperor. Well, he's you know the the term the emperor. Okay, that means well, the boss, right? I mean, we're force fed that answer based on a literary understanding of what. Yeah, you know, like like we go to Webster and go, what does emperor mean? Well, it means mm. you know the king, the boss. It's like okay, so that takes precedence over the image, but the image reinforces that. Follow me there. Yeah, completely. And then exactly what you said. Then so we go from image yay to uh, label justified and supported by an image that supports that label, and then we get into page king queen knight. Well. What do, you, what do you mean? Well, no, it's a page. Okay, what's a page? But I'm sorry, Americans, learn your history books. Um, you know, it's king, queen. Okay, everybody gets that. Well, we don't do kings and queens. Well, it doesn't matter because they're kings and queens. Well, does that mean they're authority figures? Well, no, technically it means that they're males and females over a certain age. It's like, uh, why don't you just call it adult male and adult female? Because we don't do that. We have kings and queens. Don't you read your history books? And you're back to that specious argument again. But what we've done is we've labeled four cards the same. If we have the Emperor of Coins, the Emperor of um, Bunny Rabbits, the Emperor of, uh, you know, uh, oh, 
let's say let's change this up let's um people like to say that there's like three sets of seven cards because there's 21 cards and and um you know so there's uh, so if we had the emperor of the first tribe and the emperor of the second tribe and the emperor of the third tribe rather than just one emperor in the um in the major arcana or in the trumps suddenly the onus would be each of those three cards is an emperor and then we'd be scratching our heads trying to figure out well why why don't why do they call him the emperor why why don't we just call it something else that's easier um, each trump card or each major card has its own unique label i am death i am the mm. world i am the wheel or i am wheel of fortune the wheel of fortune um but the pay, all the court cards they're just kind of clumped together as a category so i would say that they're actually the hardest if you really think about it to to decipher intellectually at least mm. does that make sense Oh, completely. I'm having a, a total light bulb moment. I mean, what I've realised, what while you've been talking, I've been looking at them, and what I've realised is my brain sees whether they're a page, a knight, a queen, or a king first. Yeah. Then it registers the suit. Yes. And then kind of the third and final part of it is actually looking at the picture on the card. And whereas by then... I the, I'm sorry, but by, by then the Im, the image on the card is really just justifying the oh of course it's a page of wands because he's got a page and a coin and a cup mm -hmm. and therefore the pose almost seems ancillary. It's like well of course he's posing because he'd have to be doing something rather than the image being the first and foremost thing that tells us what's going on in the card. Yes, and. Um... This is what I was going to say. I think I need to almost flip it on my head. It's going to be a case of retraining my brain, um, but it can be done because I managed to retrain retrain it after years of very bad tarot habits. So I know it can be done. Um, but I I've think... got a sacrilegious idea you just gave me. Go on. I want everyone to take a magic marker. Uh, that's actually brand um, Sharpie. Take a big black marker. And where it says Page of Wands, I want you to just blacken that out. So there's no more Page of Wands. There's only a guy holding a stick. Mm. And it's the same thing. And now I know people don't do this. Like, oh my god, I can't do that to my tarot cards. They're sacred and special and they got magical powers and... But, but you know what? I have got a kind of cheap and cheerful practice, practice deck as in i yeah and you know i've got a couple i've got one up on my wall i've got a very nice deck in front of me that came through the post and i've also got a kind of practice deck that i mean even if you weren't going to draw on your cards you can stick a sticky label that you can pull off it afterwards so it covers it up but i think that yeah like a post-it note or something yeah there. i just i i really i really like that idea because even just talking, I've realised now I'm kind of going, duh, because it's so <laughs> obvious what I've been doing. I just needed someone to kind of point it out to me. And as you say, if I'm not looking at it as being a page first and pentacles second and a picture third, if I've got no choice but to look at the picture, that's what I do with all of the other cards. 
so why can't I do it with these? And there's no reason I can't. It's just for some reason my brain looks at the card bottom up, whereas any other card I'd look top down. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a little cheat for today for right now. So you got your pages out in front of you. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're anything like me, you're using your um, roses and lilies deck. That, yes. That came in the post, right? Yeah. So I take four cards, flip them over face down, and just take their edges and just put them you know, at the bottom of the pages. So it just, okay. top of yeah. each card just covers up the label. Mm -hmm. So what we're looking at is four four young dudes here. Uh, yeah. Unlabeled, unshackled. Um, again, Kierkegaard. Unshackled from their labels. They're free. They are not organized, classified, and reduced to a, a statistic on a government chart. Well, still, this is pretty sucky artwork. And uh, this isn't to say that uh, Pamela didn't have skill at drawing. This isn't to say that they were sloppily done. But compared to, I don't, I'm literally going to take my cards here, and I'm going to shuffle, and I'm going to cut the deck. I've got the Nine of Swords. Not exactly mm -hmm. a cheerful card. Okay, I've got a black-backed card. It looks like a man or a woman. Um, I'm, it's probably a man because of the short hair, but at the same time, you never know what the uh, the terror the way she did it. Um, and his nightshirt. So you know, again, Mr. Well, see, that's another thing that's probably rather um, old British, if not European, is the whole like nightshirt dress nice. on, on men. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, again, that would have to deal with the weather and the climate. Now I'm from Southern California, so. We don't even like blankets. It's like 70 degrees at night. It's like, I just throw a sheet on. You know, it's bed warmer? What, what, what's that? Now, if I went to the, the colonies, they'd be like, oh, there's a bed warmer. It's a thing that we've had forever. And we have fireplaces. We're like, <laughs> yeah, we have fireplaces too. It's something that you, you know, it's a romantic thing. It's like, no, outside you keep warm. We're like, no, you go outside and it's warm. So, I mean, the, the whole thing is that I'm looking at a nightshirt going, it looks like he's wearing a dress, therefore the whole woman thing. So this is funny how, like you said, it's it's so out of touch. Nonetheless, we have a, a big, thick, quilty blanket while well, we have those. Um, it looks like a prison cot bed. And then, of course, we're down at the bottom, somebody hacking somebody else with a sword. I can. T this is all what I got from the guy from the card. Forget the fact that I haven't mentioned what the card means. It made me mm -hmm. think of the difference between Southern California and Britain and the colonies. <laughs> the colonies. Um, the tea partiers everywhere just pulling their heads out going, it's America, not the colonies, you damn hippie. <laughs> and then talking about quilts, all of these little details I was able to pull out of the card just just looking at it. Going, hey, uh, you know, because in, in a real reading, um, uh, yeah, your grandmother's uh, making you a quilt. How did you know that? just came to my mind you know, and I opened my mouth and words came out but because of my training to write words came out um, and in this particular case the only thing that was specific uh, yeah you or or if you really want to like go nine of cards uh, nine of coins you don't like the quilt that your grandmother made you know so we could we could do it that way um, but this real quick but all of that what I'm saying is all of that I got just 
by looking at the sample card. Um, whereas if I go, okay, I'm going to do the same thing with the page of coins, the cups, and whatever, I'm like, well, I got a guy holding a coin. <laughs> and then well, he's holding a coin. Seems to be admiring it. Oh, okay, what about the page of cups? Well, that's a good one. He's got a fish. He's listening to a fish. At least with the page of cups, we can say he's listening to a fish. And then we can start implying what that means. He's crazy. He's, he's uh, That's his muse. Um, maybe he's not paying attention to reality. Uh, he looks very fey. Versus like, I am Butch and, you know, mm. I'm the Knight of Swords. I go, you know, I'm Knight of Swords. I'm the... Uh, playground bully um here's a guy with the stick um so the pages don't as as images they don't evoke the same uh level of emotions and they don't evoke uh, an instant understanding of the action or the purpose of that card so yes uh court cards are by design flaw, harder to interpret, and thus harder to interpret accurately into a spread. And thus, <laughs> building dog piling here, um, when they do come out in a spread, uh, they cause us to choke up and go, uh, oh my god, I got six court cards, what do I do? And now our muse and our intuition and our instincts have gone on holiday, People say in that crazy place you live, mm. and we're stuck with logic. Well, logically and statistically, six court cards out of ten cards spread means that. It's like, uh, stop it! <laughs> That's not what we're paid to do. You know, I'm not paid for my opinion of what the tarot means. When somebody gives me a reading, they want me to answer the questions they're answering. They're asking. Um, based on my ability to reach out to you know, the ether, the gods, uh, God, the collective unconscious, again, what everybody wants to call it. It's, yeah, it's great, you know. But, you know, for me to be able to reach Allah and say, hey, I need help. I need, I, I need advice. And the big man goes, I will speak to you through the cards, because that way your tiny brain can process everything I'm trying to tell you. That's how it works. And, uh, but when we're sitting here going, uh, court cards, you know, logic comes in and slams the is it portcullis. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah. Slams the gate down. None shall pass. Uh, you can't get to that. You can't get into the inner keep. You can't get into the sanctuary and go, well, it's pretty nice around here and play in the happy land of intuition and get get real answers you're out there toiling in the field going Gee, it must be nice to actually have intuition i got to go here and and uh, try to figure this out all on my own and we're not supposed to do that i mean in class we talk about when and where logic comes to play um so yeah just looking at the art without the labels it gives us a whole new perspective on the meanings of the cards but it also reveals that unlike the Eight of Swords, boy, I'm getting a lot of Swords cards. Well, two. <laughs> two out of two. Oh, I'm getting a lot of Swords cards. <laughs> but unlike the Eight of Swords, um, which, by the way, does not have a, a, a 
wealth of a depth of meaning. You know, it's not like there's layers and layers and layers of information that's visually right there. I mean, yes, you know, we have uh, she's tied up and surrounded by swords or enemies or whatnot, and she's distant from her sanctuary. And so, I mean, there is there is some, but it's not the most um, uh, involved into getting layered of, of cards. You know, at least not in the not in the Pamela Colton Smith version. All right, that's my that's my ranty rant on that. Um, tag your it. What what do, you, what do you think there? Well, I mean, just while you've been talking, even just something as simple. I mean, like I say, I'm now more kind of going duh. That is so simple. I never thought of doing it before. <clears throat> you know, while you've been talking, obviously with the um with the bottom of the card covered up with another card, I've actually found I'm looking at them properly, probably for the first time ever, which is ridiculous given <laughs> how long I've looked at these cards. Um, and it's it's changing the perception. And also I quite like the fact that the Eight of Swords was a card that came out as an example because you could turn around and say, well, they're not really doing very much. And as you say, she's not do really doing very much, but that card can say an awful lot when it needs to. And I think it's looking at the using that mindset with these cards. And I also think I'm going to stop shying away from them. My homework this week I'm going, that I'm setting for myself, I'm going to be spending my time with the court cards because... I think I've, particularly as I said with the pages, I think I've built it up into such a big issue, I've almost kind of squished it to the bottom of the pile. And the psychologically, even if it is just a clever psychological trick, just covering up the page of wands at the bottom makes such a difference because I'm actually looking at the picture. Like I said before, rather than reading bottom up, it, it forces you to read the card as it is, as in the image, which we would do with the others and even that more than anything is the best tip and I, I can't I, I'm honestly almost wanting to flick myself in the head that something so simple hadn't even occurred to me because it makes such a difference and like I say I actually feel like I'm looking at them properly for the first time rather than going oh my god it says page what am I going to do because I can't actually see that it says page um and like I say, my homework for myself is I think I'm going to spend the week with the court cards um, and kind of hang out. And whether my British brain takes me back 500 years or whether it keeps me in the 21st century, I think just breaking down that psychological block helps hugely. And I think covering them up I'm with my practice deck, I think I'm actually going to physically stick something on the bottom because then I can actually handle the card like at the moment I've just got another card on top of it and it means I can handle the cards and have a proper play um but that's helped massively and I can't believe how simple it was I'm almost kind of ugh, I was overthinking it rather than looking for a simple solution well this is back to that statement I love so much and I'm sure I'm butchering it but the whole None of us is smart as all of us, um, kind mm. of thing. And I'm just going to snap a little picture here. Whoops. Um, 
while you were talking, you gave me an idea. Talk about the duh moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, let's see if I can do this properly. Um, do it here. I'm gonna. Okay, so I just snapped a picture. I think I'll. Uh, I think I'll use this as the podcast artwork. And what I've done is uh, I've got the knights and the pages kind of tucked under the bottoms of cards with face down that are face down. So Mm -hmm. I'm just seeing the images and with the Kings and Queens, I did just the opposite. All you can see is King of Swords, King of Cups, King of Wands, Queen of Pentacles, King of Cups. And Mm -hmm. all I can see are labels, 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 you know, numbers, 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 numbers. And looking at it that way, the big revelation that I get this is like huge. The Queen of Pentacles, Pam took so much space to write Queen of Pentacles that there's no dot at the end. There's no period. No, and she squished the Squ- oh right up next to the the Pentacles. It's almost like she's written Queen and Pentacles and then yeah. gone, Oh, I completely okay. forgot to do of And and the S is like oh, get cut off. And then the King yeah. of Wands is the letters are more spaced out, but he doesn't have a period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, just stupid little things like this. But when you look at it from that way, where all you see is king, 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 queen, 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 it makes you realize that whether or not we are paying attention to this, our brain is processing that information. Well, we're sitting here consciously going, what does this card mean? And we're scrubbing it for information, trying to rack our brain. Part of our brain is going, there's no period. And that's really squished. Mm-hmm. So the f- we're looking at the font. Maybe not all of us equally. Maybe not everybody is doing that to the same extent. But somewhere in the back of our brain, you know, we've got 100% brain power. And then maybe... One percent of it in some people, or ten percent of it in other people, of our focus is being siphoned away by ancillary crap, such as you know the oh my god, it says page, and therefore, and again, let's just step back here. We are all trained to trust and believe the written word. If it's written, it's fact. If it's written, we can see it. We can process it intellectually. That puts us in an intellectual state of absorbing or processing information, which is uh, counterintuitive, which is kind of funny because it's a bad pun there. But actually, I think it's more like a double entendre mm. um, because it is counter to intuitive. Um, so, but again, the point is that we're starting off with 100% focus and brain power and awareness, and we siphon it off by little things that are are dragging our attention away so that we are unable to fully fully utilize our our available headspace to do the job at hand, which is to decipher what this means. So even if we're clear as a bell and a running stream and all these other uh, allegories or or analogies or whatever, (sighs) cliches, See, see again, just blah, 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 blah. All that blah, blah, blah siphons away from 
what our real task at hand is. So I'm not saying we should, you know, mangle our cards by, well, I, mean, I did say go ahead and take a black marker, but I'm not saying we should cut them because, you know, some people like to cut the borders off their cards, and I understand that. I'm not saying we should run around um, cutting our cards up, but it would be an interesting experiment to go through a month um, and maybe even we should do this with the uh, with the trump cards. We think about it. Is, mm -hmm. um, hide the labels from ourselves and force ourselves for a week. For, I mean, a week solid, or like most of us, a week means well, we get to it once or twice. If that, in that case, we do it for a month. But to just go through and experience what it's like only having the images to work with. Because we've already studied this. We've already looked at it. We've read books on this card means that, and the card mm -hmm. means that, and this formula, and blah, 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 Egypt, and blah, 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 Kabbalah, and all this stuff that we've read from Mathers, and Waite, and Agrippa, and, and Levi, and all these, you know, ancient masters, so to speak. And, and they, they were scholars of their time, but it's funny how we readily dismiss beliefs that uh, have been disproven without a thought. We just dismiss them easily um, on any number of subjects. But when it comes to the tarot, oh my God. If it was written in 1500, then it must be true. If, mm. if, uh, if Crowley said it's called the Book of Thoth, well, then that's what it's called. Because that man certainly never lied, changed his name, uh, abused, mutilated people, um, it, it, it's etc. etc. <laughs> he was a man of sterling character. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think this is uh, this is gonna be a fun little exercise, and I'm really, I like your take on it. I think that you've helped us make a huge breakthrough on how we can break our mental blocks and we should we should revisit the court cards after this maybe uh, several weeks down the road see if any of this has actually helped mm. uh, definitely so definitely i say cover up the uh the labels and then at other times just look at the labels don't allow yourself to see the pictures and just play around with that try to try to figure out just by the label what card, what does that mean to you? What does that label mean to you? And how does that label mean something different than something else? And if that label came up in a reading, what, what would that mean to you? And that's the real question, you know, because if an image comes up in a reading, we have something to work with. It, it, it Images speak to our subconscious mind. Our subconscious mind processes the intuition. That's a logical step. This is like, wow, that's how the tarot works. No wonder it, it, it's so popular. But if we just had cards with words on them, and I have seen decks, uh, big, huge, like four, five, six hundred uh, card decks that just have words on them. And somehow that word is supposed to stimulate something in you and to some more uh literal uh, people yeah that that might actually work but uh, for the rest of us images really seem to be the way to go so i would be interesting to see if all we did was um 
all we did was look at the labels or God forbid keywords and mm. said, we don't have the luxury of images coming up. All we have is the label on each card in a real reading. We cast a spread, we ask a question and out comes the labels. I think that that would be an interesting experience. I think it'd be a hellish uh, thing to do to ourselves, but I also think it'd be a rather interesting exercise to see the value of and the complete distraction of uh, these generic labels. Like, um, how is my uh, how's my date with Becky's non-existent daughter going to go? Judgment. <laughs> Okay, so just the word judgment spelled differently than it does now. It's like, uh, uh, well, again, you know, it's like now we have to kind of get into the theme of what does the word judgment mean to us, not just its Oxford Dictionary uh, definition, but um, I don't like the word yogurt. It just it's because it's said wrong. That's why. It's yogurt. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Damn it, it's mispronunciated. And, yogurt. <laughs> I, I will not stand for any of it. Um, so uh, there's, there's words that we gravitate to because we like the sound of it. Um, Andrew Carnegie said, I'm not Andrew Carnegie, Dale Carnegie. Andrew Carnegie said, "Damn with the unions, mm. uh, or damn the unions." Um, and uh, and but Dale Carnegie said that uh, to, to some extent that uh, our our favorite word is our uh, sound of our own name. Uh, my favorite word is yes. Mm. <laughs> that word it means let's go forward and do things. Not like no always means like oh, crap. Then you got to come up with an alternative. So no is like the permanent obstacle. So there's, there's words that we like and words that we don't like. Um, let's see, are there words in the tarot that I don't like? I'm not, well, El Diablo. It doesn't really bother me. I mean, I know, you know what I image is, um, is a giant obstacle, you know, jerk tyrant. But the word doesn't, uh, you know, the word isn't like, uh, like yogurt. Like, ah, you know. Mm. Um, let's see, the hanged man. It's like... When I see, if, if all I saw was the label, the hanged man, well, I'm from kind of, I guess you'd call it the Southwest. It's, well, you can't get more Southwest than um, Los Angeles and San Diego. It's kind of, you know, after that, it's Tijuana, which is really, really, really the Southwest, or Baja California, which is, you know, peninsula. It's almost an island. Um, well, in the West, the hang, you know, we had hanging judges. You know, that's, that was our corporal punishment. Is, you know, mm. Hang them high with a rope, I, literally. So when I say the hanging man, I don't think some guy with a figure four floating around with his little glowy head. We think, you know, like a old Western, you know. Uh, and again, Los Angeles, which is Hollywood, where they made Westerns over, or Italy with the spaghetti Westerns. I love those. But we, we get that image. I mean, that's, that's stuck in my head. It's like, um, you're more uh, uh, familiar with uh, runes and, uh, and uh, the Ogham 
just because it's in or it's from your general area. I mean, we don't have runes and Ogham uh, markings just on stones. We don't have a Stonehenge just, I got a Stonehenge just laying mm. about here. It's, uh, you know, you guys invented all that stuff. So in that same sense, you know, um, so if there was a card that said Stonehenge, to you it would mean something different than it meant to me. Yeah, you know, like I'm, so, I'm so down with Eddie Izzard. What the hell is a henge? <sighs> I don't know, you know. So when I see just the label, the Hanging Man, it does not compute with what I see. I'm the hanged. Yes. Man, you know? And that that one's actually a very, very good example because, I mean, we're such heathens over here. We're still hanging people, you know, up until the 50s. So if I just saw the hanged man, it's literally going to be somebody at the end of a noose. Yeah, it, it means execution. It means, uh, which yes. means punishment. And a punishment. A bad and, person, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, there's a whole lot of subconscious information that goes along with that. And then we wonder, well, why is the tarot so hard to read? Well, it's because we're working with archaic images, uh, whereas, again, I, I love what Holly said, fakey medievalism. I'm like, that's just, that's just wonderful stuff. And, uh, and even if we get past that, archaic terms, archaic things, we have different meanings. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, the, the, the hanged man. It's a... So this all goes back to the court cards. Um, we have to really focus more on the images, and uh, and, and nothing beat nothing. <laughs> talking about major arcana, nothing trumps practice. And um, when we have questions, this is why we have. You know, I have a school here. You know, it's. Uh, a dollar for the first month and ten dollars a week if you guys want to check it out if not that's fine i got two books and if not look best of luck to you however you go um becky's an example of uh, what happens when you uh, do the study and you work you actually get amazing results but but here even even just talking about the free lessons um i think we all should focus on the images and see what they're saying to us then, if you're really, really, really having troubles, that's why we have a school. You know, we go deep into this. But if you don't want to do that or you can't, oh, my, my cheap free information is, um, you know, look at the image, cover up the titles, and uh, de-enslave yourself from, uh, from the preconceived notions that are... are you know, right here, written on the label. It's like this is what, this is what you must call this thing. Matter of fact, that'd be another thing we could do. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, I'm, I'm pulling all these up. We should, uh, as an advanced exercise, we should relabel these. Not for any mm-hmm. particular reason, but just to say, you know what, I'm going to call this the. If wow, there you go. What if we did this? This would probably be an advanced exercise for doing class. We will uh, mark out. Just black out the uh, all the labels: Page of Wands, Page of Cups, Page of Swords, Page of Pentacles. And we'll have to come up with new names for these guys based on what it is that they're doing. And we know the traditional meaning of the card. We know the meaning of the suit. We know the the pecking order and place in society for each page, knight, king, queen. 
So we don't just give them random names, but we give them names or titles or descriptions, um, you know, hence page of coins is kind of a description. So we give them a title that fits what they're doing, who they are, what the card means. And it's not, we're just assigning keywords, but um, I, I'm just throwing this out really quickly because I don't want to take too much time to explain this. Um, because I'll take half an hour of brainstorming it, but just um, um... okay. So really quickly, which is jumping to mind now, I've actually just mm -hmm. physically looking at the images, looking at the page of cups in particular. He, to me, and again, this is another historical context. Shakespearean times, they didn't have um, women on stage, so they had lots mm -hmm. of young boys that they'd either get to play the female roles or were kind of yes, very yes. effeminate on stage when they needed to. So yes. him to me is almost kind of, and the fact that he's in pink and blue and putting ridiculous gender bias on colours yes. is almost kind of the young actor coming out on stage about to say his lines. So without following that train of thought enough to come up with a nice, neat little rename, that's the way you, you'd sort of come up with something like that. So you could say something like, right. I don't know. Um, we could say uh, uh, understudy. Yes, yes. So that that would be how we'd rename it then, because just right. Well, I was going to say image, poet. Um, yes, because, uh, yeah. Again, you know, it, it, either one of them is good. Um, for, uh, for the Page of Swords, uh, insolent brat. Uh, you know, because I, I got my sword. I'm throwing a temper tantrum. I, I don't know. Or maybe I'm practicing. Or maybe call him Apprentice. Uh, page of coins. Yes. Um, obsessive, um, obsessive, obsessive dude. And again, these aren't. Uh, now is I like. <laughs> I went from yours, and we're going downhill really fast. But yeah, just but you know what? I have to say this comes from a very personal perspective because again, um, my younger son's autistic and. The Page of Pentacles, to me, all of a sudden, and I've never seen this before, is a classically autistic child, absolutely obsessed to the point of being completely unaware of what's around them. What You know, because, you know, um, it's very common in autism that you get these very fixed interests and everything mm -hmm. else just blurs into the background. And that's what I can suddenly see in this card. And I would never ever even just well I wouldn't have before this podcast thought of this card representing something like autism in particular but all of a sudden it's just added another layer that I'd never ever seen before um and this is this is where you've made a big breakthrough that everyone needs to understand and they're not taught in books forgetting what you just said just for a moment mm-hmm Let's go back half an hour and I say, Becky, um, give me a plain noun verb adjective, right? From Advanced Tarot yeah. Secrets. Okay. The tarot reflects life. It has to, these 78 cards have to describe everything. Yeah. Anything that possibly happen. Okay. Give me one card that represents autism. I, I'm Because I look there and go, and, and of course, the moment I said that out of my mouth, I'm already thinking, well, that's rude. I mean, why would I, you know, that that's like labeling somebody. Why don't I just say, give me a card that represents you're going to die of cancer, you dumb son of a mm. bitch. You know, so again, my yappy, yappy dog from the pool, my conscious mind is going, rah, 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 um, de defeating the whole point of the exercise. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, not to hijack the conversation before I even ask you, but if we, uh, if we can't have a word or if we can't have a card that describes a term or event or circumstance that we're looking for or a two card blending, well, then we are destined to give extremely vague yeah. readings that could apply to anybody. But just the way that you were able to go, hey, in this particular case, one of the possible meanings here, you know, because you're seeing that part of the card right there. Farms, trees, yellow sky, all in the background. That all fades away. Yeah. What you zeroed in on was how that card could relate to, uh, to autism. And I think it's brilliant, but I want other people to be able to get there as well. So, you know, thank you. Yay. Well, no, thank you. This evening has been, I thought it was going to be a kind of this means this. That means that. Go away and rock in a corner until you've worked it all out. But this evening has just, I, I can't believe something so simple has made such a difference. I think we have. I really stride. can't. And I, I think, I think definitely, I've written it down. So I've committed the words to written paper now, so I can remind you. I think it would be a brilliant exercise with renaming them because I think then you're, as an exercise, obviously not as a, a kind of permanent long term thing, but I think it's a brilliant idea because also I know that when it's done, um, you know, in a group situation and everybody's putting their different input in, you look at the cards very differently and it takes that particular label um, away. I think yeah. I'm going to, I think I'm going to do a mini kind of exercise 11 this week. So I'm going to have kind Excellent. of one deck up with just the images. So I've blocked out um, the label and I think I will have, I can whip it up on the computer. I'll do another one where it's just the words. So it's almost retraining that brain. Because as I say, even just spending 10 minutes looking at some cards where I can't see what's written on the bottom, I've suddenly seen things that I haven't seen before. Or that part of my brain that's gone, oh my goodness, it's a page, I don't know what I'm doing. It's actually just shut up and let me kind of flow. Yeah. Which is what I desperately wanted. I like the way you say it. Sounds sounds better when you say it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna let you go. I thank you so much, Becky, for being here. And again, I think we hit our stride uh, at some point where uh, things just really made sense in this podcast. So anybody who's listened all the way through, thank you for struggling through the first part, and uh, definitely uh, uh, go with God. Go go out there and do this and try it for yourself and. Uh, you know, don't take anything we say as gospel. I mean, actually try it. I think that uh, that you guys will get great value out of it. Um, and we'll be back hopefully next week with uh, something equally as bizarre, entertaining, or educational. Hopefully all three. Mm. Thank you, Becky. Have a great night. Oh, you too. Thank you very much. Okay, kitties. Now it's your turn. Head over to EasyTarotLessons.com for this week's tarot secrets and start practicing with your study buddy.